Listeners, welcome back to Hosman FC and LIP Production. I'm Nicola Volpi. I've got a bit of a cold today, and I am joined by this podcast's very own Chabi Alonso making yet another appearance. It's oh. Roy Cycli. Hello. How do you feel, Chabi? How's it going, Nick? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. It was a good weekend performance against Bayern and the Tuchel fraud army, but we're not here to discuss uh, discuss Chabi Alonso and Leverkusen. We're here to to discuss a really happy day. A really happy day for me as an Arsenal fan. Do you want to fill us in on what's happening? Well, I guess the, the very happy day for you as an Arsenal fan, uh, which is how you interpreted it, because I'm going to tell you why it wasn't a happy day for you as an Arsenal fan, was Klopp announcing uh, a couple weeks ago that he's leaving at the end of the season as a Liverpool manager, which my read on it, apart from being an amazing legacy move, my read on it, Roy, is actually it's the nail in the coffin of Arsenal's season because... It's going to galvanize Liverpool to win the title. You know, I'm as you know, I'm a, I'm a little cynical. And <laughs> when I first saw the news, I went to text my brother, who's also an Arsenal fan. And before I even had this the chance to send the text, I had one from him saying, of course, this bastard would retire to galvanize the team. We're, there's no chance we win. So we're on the same mindset. I'm I'm now in the in the camp that maybe he's not actually leaving. This is just a new tactic in Klopp's uh, evolution. But it was a uh, it's crazy news, I think, and definitely I you, you take for granted that he's been in the EPL at least for I think yeah, nine years nine now, seasons. and you know continues to change his team a little bit, but also play with the same energy for nine years, and you know you can take some pride in it or understand at least when he said it's an emotional job for him and he doesn't have the capacity to to give it a hundred percent for another season and you know as an emotional italian i think you you understand whereas me i said oh you know i don't think that's possible but you know he does put a lot of passion into the game and for nine years that's that's crazy, and that's just for Liverpool. Yeah, and that's, I mean, nine seasons. He's the he's the longest tenured because he arrived half a season before Guardiola to to the Premier League, and he really he came and he he rebuilt confidence and and culture into that team into that club. Once got them the wins, right? I mean, he won them the big years of the Champions League. He won. He brought the Premier League back to Liverpool after basically 30 years uh and the seasons where he was runner-up it was with points records basically which would have won him the league any other year if it wasn't for for pep and city uh he probably also should be credited for pushing them that far and then you know this past summer he basically embarks on another rebuild which is setting up this squad i think greatly for for his successor uh to manage that next transition which will be you know you got sala and virgil and and those guys expiring within the next 18 months so very intriguing to to see what happens and also to see what happens with him because he's not retiring i do really believe he's gonna take a solid one or two year break i don't think he'll take that germany job but very interesting to see he said well he couldn't see himself coaching another premier league team we've seen those promises not upheld before so i'm very very curious yeah and i think he'll go for the germany job probably before the world cup Mm, yeah would you would you say there is and you know he's what 50 56 57 um and that's you know obviously as a coach you have a lot a lot more years as your your favorite carlo is showing um and he's still there i thought it was a shock really this this year with liverpool the the rebuild that they had across the line especially in their Mm. midfield big turnover there and you know they started out the season kind of kind of slow and you know i say slow but they just had a lot of draws um they were they were leaking in goals you know that was unexpected then they really started to hit their their stride um I'd say probably they're still favorites to win the whole thing, especially now with this this change. And I don't think they have, too, I mean, too many injuries right now. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I think that 
obviously I wish Pep would be gone from Man City and Klopp would stay for a few more years. He is enjo- like very enjoyable as a coach, mm-hmm. even if I'm not a fan of Liverpool. What he does feels pretty authentic. Um, whereas, you know, if we're comparing it to Pep, there's a lot of things that Pep does. It's just cynicism and quite irritating. And that's coming from me where I can probably feel confident and say, well, a lot of what Mikel Arteta does is very irritating to other fans. Right, right in the same um, way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about Klopp that's just very authentic and enjoyable. And I think a big part of that, and you and I were reflecting on it each on our own in preparation for this episode which spoiler alert listeners is going to be all about uh, Klopp teams and we're going to set up our own but I think it's the contagious energy right and we had it when he was when he was making those runs uh, at Dortmund and when paired a little bit with this you can't call Liverpool an underdog per se as a club but within the context of when he took them over just like when he took over uh, Dortmund playing that role uh, of the underdog, right? And that energy that he brings combined with that is it makes it very easy to to galvanize the neutrals and, and get them on your back, right? And to just the authenticity you said, the raw passion uh, with with which he's, he's directing on the touchline, but also reflected then in the style of play of the team, right? You and I have discussed so many times how that that relentless pressing, that that heavy metal football how just fun it is to watch just to, if, if I'm coming if I'm turning on the TV it's the 60th minute of a Liverpool match I'm like well I'm in this for the next 30 minutes why not yeah and to your point about neutrals I, I wish we had a Liverpool fan who was following let's say from 2000 and oh I don't know 2009 to when Klopp joined and some of the ragtag team that they had put together with the coaches, the turnover, mm-hmm. um, who can ever forget Andy Carroll going for, what was it? 40 million yeah. at the time. Um, so El Nino's replacement. To then have a lot of, yeah, to have a lot of turnover and, you know, losing some of your best players and then going, you know, taking a almost mid table team and then turning it, you know, five years down the road to one of the best teams in Europe. It must have been just an absolute joy for Liverpool fans um, during that time. Absolutely. Uh, And the silverware to go with it. But we'll talk a lot more about both that period and the Dortmund period, potentially also the Mines period, right after the break when we are going to draft Jurgen Klopp 11th in honor of the big man himself. Listeners, welcome back. We're here to discuss the one and only Jürgen, the normal one, as he called himself in his first press conference at Liverpool when they asked him if he was a special one, like Roy's favorite personal goat, Jose Mourinho, uh, who at the time of recording is also uh, looking for a job. Um, Roy, where would you you like to see Jose? Liverpool. Liverpool, Yeah. yeah. Imagine Tearing that. them down from the inside. <laughs> exactly. Rotting them to the core. Uh, massive exodus at Liverpool if that happens, I believe. Um, some, somehow ends up in some sort of spiral where they also have to end up selling the club at a discount. Like just the ultimate Jose tragedy. A poor guy. Um, here we are, Roy. We're each going to... Well, we're going to draft our Jürgen Klopp 11s. Uh, draft meaning in this case, we haven't done it like this before, but where we will not have the same team. So we will have two teams that will go up against each other and we'll leave it to the listeners to decide who wins. Um, of course, we can choose from 20 years, basically, of players here from his early days at Mainz, which, by the way, that Mainz squad, not only did he get them promoted, he brought them all the way to European football on a shoestring budget. Then he went to Dortmund. We all know how that goes. Uh, gets two Bundesliga titles, brings him to a Champions League final before going to Liverpool and doing everything that we know. Uh, Roy, the way this is going to work, and listeners, the way this is going to work, Roy is going to flip a virtual coin to see who goes first. And we're not going to snake it because it's just two of us that would be stupid. We're just going to go back and forth. And this should 
raise a lot of interesting discussion points uh, about the players we choose and and the legacy of Jurgen Klopp. So, Roy, are you ready? I'm ready. But before, what formation are you going with? Are you going with the classic 4-3-3 Klopp style? So, yes. Having said that, I do need to leave it a little flexible based on the players. But for the, the way I've chalked it up uh, and I've listed my options... 90% should be a 4-3-3. Okay, great. So you too? I have the ver- yeah, I'm the same. I'm All the right. same. I have the but I'm not showing any flexibility. I'm just picking the best player on the on the board. They can deal with it. <laughs> I'm having some tactical logic here, huh? Yeah, that's going out the window. Just like some <laughs> of what you're watching a Klopp game it feel I mean, I know there's a lot of tactics that go into it, but sometimes it just feels so helter-skelter that true. They're just they're just going at you all game long to just create chances sometimes bypassing the midfield but you have the midfield players who are just the engine to connect you know the defense really just for if you're thinking about the front three they're just going to do chances non-stop so so 11 jordan hendersons yeah well you you, now you're on to my tactic i might have to change again Joe, Joe Hand at the moment yeah. uh, applying his trade at Ajax, the legendary After club a of Lovely Amsterdam. stint in Saudi. Yes, Al Etifak, who who I think renewed Stevie G, another Liverpool legend, as the yeah, as the manager so, there. Yeah, maybe, um, I don't think he's going to be the new coach, but no. All no, right, let's do no. this uh, coin flip, and it just so you can see, this is a uh, this is the tails right here, so no one can see except for you, but it's flipping. Yeah, but I didn't make a call. That's true. All right, take two. <laughs> Unbelievable. Tails. <laughs> worse than the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to go tails. All right, tails. It's heads. Oh, heads. What do you like to do? I'm going to go something that you never would have thought of for the first pick, and I'm going with Mo Salah. The first pick in the draft, Mo Salah as the right winger, I assume. Right winger. Mo Salah, and- Mo Salah. We all know the the accolades and the talent and all the goals, the two over two hundred goals under Klopp for Salah, and you know, kind of a interesting career before he got to Liverpool. And I think you know the talent was always there, but he took it to the next level under mm-hmm. Klopp. And we we know all of that already. But the reason I'm picking Salah is a little more personal as well. Nick and I actually went to a Arsenal Liverpool game several mm. years ago when I don't I don't want to say Salah was at the peak, but he was probably top two, three player in the world, mm-hmm. and he terrorized uh, at the Emirates Stadium sixty thousand fans every time he got a ball going up against Kalasinic at left back, and the way he would run it was something I'd never seen before. It was just pure sprint but the ball is glued to his foot and it was just marvelous to watch i mean it was pretty horrifying but yeah the, and also because he's standing upright and looking the defender right in the he's, eyes every he's time he's not looking at the ball he's no. just run. It, it's crazy it's like he's running a f- american football route at somebody um head up you know versus a lot of other players you know uh just looking down or you know they run and then they cut back he's just terrorizing the defense and just waiting for the one opportunity Kolasinic would mess up which you know happens all the time but anyway I'm going with Mo Salah and you know he was for this year at least people weren't sure if he was going to leave Liverpool or not what is he 31 right now yeah but he's you know super athletic still and goal scoring machine you know, if you thought this was going to be his year where he kind of falls off, dips off a little bit, I think you were mistaken. No, exactly. And I mean, I think that when we went to see him, and I had also seen him the season before at Anfield, but that season you and I saw him was the eighteen nineteen was the season they went on to win the Champions League. And you th- you'd think peak Salah, right? But he's basically extended that peak another four or five seasons now. And you look at him also in terms of the marginal gains, his fitness, his body looks a lot different from then even now. Like he's, he's jacked 
compared to then. Um, and, and he's still going. I mean, um, it's, it's truly impressive. I know he recently picked up a niggle uh, with, with Egypt at AFCON, but just sometimes I think, is there a parallel universe there where Chelsea keeps Salah, Lukaku, and Kevin De Bruyne? And we don't even talk about Klopp and Pep in the Premier League? No, because Chelsea is just yeah. a disaster. True. But, <laughs> you know, and then you you got to think as well, who would be on that left wing during 18-19 in this hypothetical front line? The Belgian, who's already retired, Hazard. That's now true. that top four would be... Get out. Terrifying. Hazard's at peak with Mo Salah on the other wing. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't yeah, want to hear it. And so we got Salah first pick in the draft. No surprise there. My first pick in the draft. No, And honestly, even if I... So the second pick in the draft, but my personal first pick. Honestly, even if I had the first pick in the entire draft, I would have picked him. Roy. He did not coach him at Liverpool. He coached him at Dortmund. Ilkay Gundogan. Oh, man, that's a good pick. Are you picking him based on his time at Dortmund or his career? Uh, when basically kind of, I don't want to say kick-started, but... I think he created him, right? I mean, yeah. I'm picking him on all fronts. His His career, absolutely, because I think, like what he did at City where then every year he'd have like January, February where he'd step up as a number nine and score like 10 goals. Um, But at Dortmund, he was fundamental to those title runs, to that run to the Champions League final, which let's not forget he scored a penalty in, um, where he started showing he's also a big game player. Uh, And then fundamentally, like the versatility of the guy where... At different points in his career, he's basically played all six of the positions uh, up front. Um, really, a manager's uh, player in that sense. Also, a lot of a lot of leadership uh, chops. I think he was captain at City towards the end. He did go to Barca this year. I mean, it's it's going all right for him. But you already see him having a, a huge impact. One of the most tactically intelligent players in terms of how he reads spaces um i wouldn't be surprised if he makes a great manager someday yeah and he also came back from that pretty serious injury i can't remember what year it was but i think it was at his last last couple years at Dortmund. he broke his back or something right before the world cup so he actually didn't get a medal um in 2014 when germany won it yeah, but I remember, you know, he had something where he couldn't do any physical activity for a while. And he mm-hmm. uh, he had a few kebabs, let's say, and he was caught in his jersey after. And, you know, it was it was kind of crazy to see, like, Gunagan. He, he put on some, some weight, and there was a lot of rumors going around that, like, you know, he's retiring from a serious injury, whatnot. You know, flash forward two years, and he's he's back at it. So, yeah. And, and I like to think... Yeah, at Barca and what I like about him is he goes to Barca and was basically a few months ago saying you know these are not serious people after a game they were they lost a, a game and the team's like oh okay well we'll get the next one and the the like the competitive nature still at 33 mm-hmm. you know he's won it all he was still like wanting to go for it yeah. And goes to Barcelona and sees that that's not always the case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, really, he's going to be the nucleus of this team for me. Ilkay Gundogan. And I do think they're, he comes to City. He's, he's Pep's first big signing, like Pep's own. Pep really wanted him. He went up against yeah. him in the Bundesliga, right? And probably just half a season off of... Klopp having the money to be able to buy him to Liverpool. So, like, also sliding doors moment there where I'm sure if he could have, he would have reunited with him. But, yeah, that's my that's my pick. Ilkay Gundogan, you have Mo Salah, and now with the third pick in the draft, Roy. So, you're probably not going to... I'm not going to guess this, but I'm going with Marco Royce. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I wasn't going to guess it. Yeah. On the so, left wing or what? I'm putting him as the... 
Yeah, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna put him in the in the attacking mid, so the top of the the diamond of the. Okay. Okay. And well, you you don't have a diamond because you well, have that diamond triangle, the triangle, triangle in the okay. midfield. Yeah, Marco uh, Royce. So they they had a few few years together, and Marco Royce coming from the academy in Dortmund. Uh, very, I mean, I don't want to say a sad career, but you know, he's hurt. Unlucky career. He's very injury prone, but under Klopp, they had a 120 games together. Do you know how many goals he scored? Not as a primary, and this is a team when you had Lewandowski and all these guys as more of a facilitator. I mean, I'd like to say sixty. Hey, fifty-five. Sorry, fifty-four goals, but okay. also forty-four assists in hundred twenty matches. That he is, was, yeah. He he was on his when he was when he was able to play. He was phenomenal. Yeah, um, I think he had the the coveted FIFA whatever thirteen fourteen the FIFA disc you know cover. So yeah. that's how popular he was becoming. Um, but when he's on the field, he was just so fun to watch. He's still at at Dortmund. You know, it's kind of like all all your friends, your teammates leave, and he stays behind. Um, I think he's you know maybe towards the end of his time at Dortmund or his career, but he's still a good player. But, you know, at that at the peak, he could have been one of the best if it weren't for injury. Absolutely. And I think he was actually, in a way, he was considered better than the Goetzes, etc. around that 2014. And he also gets injured right before that World Cup and misses it. And, and then the I think, next Euro. And, and then and the, the next exactly. World Cup. Um, incredibly unlucky when it came to injuries, but uh, you know, before the injuries, I mean, he had he had the pace. He still has the vision, of course, and I think also yeah. a lot of the leadership in that Dortmund locker room. But um, and still, if you look at it within you know the big picture, a great career. But this could have been one of the all timers uh, of the German national team had he not gotten so injured. Great yeah. pick. Yep. Um, okay, you surprised me there. Uh, I'm going to call an audible now. Fourth pick of the draft. Uh, I was going to go uh, and start stacking my back line, Roy, but I'm going to go up front, and I'm going to go with none other than our Polish cyborg, Robert Lewandowski. Of course, of course. Um, who, ironically, I have... Now I have two guys that are teammates at Barcelona, but Lewandowski. Even if I, even if I would just look at the Dortmund period, I remember, and we watched this one together, the semi-final against Real Madrid, where the guy scores four goals, and he turns towards phenomenal. the yeah, he turns towards the Madrid fans. He just shows the four on his fingers, and uh, that was the moment where you're like, okay. This guy, he's not just, you know, consistent in the Bundesliga week in, week out. This is a big game player. Uh, And from there, I would never have bet that he would, with every season that came, get better and better and better. And just taking care of himself throughout his career, not many injuries, um, just a machine. And honestly, robbed of... For sure, one Ballon d'Or because they canceled it due to the pandemic, which I still don't understand. The games had been played. Um, and then potentially a second and third as well. Uh, I think you you can make the argument if we're talking pure number nines, like we'd like to, the best of his generation. Yeah, I agree with everything. The only thing we didn't talk about was he almost went to Blackburn. Well, that's uh, yeah, li- listeners. This episode for, yeah. for listeners who have not tuned in yet. That's exactly. a great pick. I was thinking about going with Odowski, but obviously I went a little different because I have Salah, who I think can provide the goals. But yeah, good pick. My next pick is actually geared towards the defense, and I'm going with Big Verge. Yeah. It was between him to. and Lewa for me. I had to. I He changed, I think, Klopp's system at least at Liverpool when they brought him in I remember everyone was like whoa they're paying how much for a center back from Mm -hmm. Southampton Mm -hmm. Um, and he's paid back every every penny and then some 
I think he's a probably a great leader. Not probably. He's a great leader and maybe overshadowed by uh, Jordan Henderson during the time there, but mm-hmm. he's so solid. He's physically imposing. The same game we watched together, it's like, you know, you're marveling at the man that is Virgil van Dyke. He's can score a goal off the corner as well. And there was that crazy stat where it was, what was it like 130 players had tried dribbling by him and not a single one. It was a couple of years ago and like three seasons have been able to dribble past Van Dyke. And, you know, it was, it's a crazy stat, but I think he's anchoring the team at center back. You've got to have Van Dyke as your number one pick. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, very solid defensively, of course, one of the best, but also that he has that Dutch total football DNA where he can run with the ball. He can, he does have the vision to to knock in those passes. So much yeah. of what Liverpool does, they start playing at the back uh, with him, right? Um, bringing him up on the corners for the big headers. He had them even in big moments late in the season. I remember one in 2019, I think, at Newcastle, which kept them in the title race. I mean, Virgil, uh, and I was amongst those that said, and I knew Virgil from his time in, in the Netherlands and then at Celtic uh, before Southampton. And when they were signing him, I was like, is this really what they want to do with all that Coutinho money? And what it did, in fact, is it repositioned the team for success. And he's still yeah. there. Yeah. And he's so calm as well. I think that's a quality that may be overlooked. But mm-hmm. he is very rarely brash in his tackle or when he does make a mistake, and you, you're like shocked, right? Like, whoa, that's not supposed to happen. Whereas a lot of center backs, even the best, you know, they're so like, I'm thinking one of the generational best center backs, Sergio Ramos, you know, yeah, he loses his cool. I mean, once once every while, I don't think I've ever seen Van Dyke like, truly lose it um, in a tackle or anything like that. So right. um, I think if you're his teammate, you feel confident knowing that he's, you know, at the back line, if anything you know, goes wrong. Exemplary. Great pick. Uh, I really wanted him in my team. Um, yeah, you should have won the coin toss. Yeah, exactly. I don't know whether to <laughs> sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice the back for a bit because I think there was a season where the player I'm about to pick right now was in moments the best in the world. I Can I guess who it's going to be? You can guess, yeah. Sadio Mane. It's Sadio Mane. It's Senegal's finest from Southampton as well. Um, another example of a player that came in to Klopp's system. We had seen him at Southampton, but he didn't have that same consistency. And then he just killed it. And it was there were moments where you were watching, uh, you were watching that three up front for Liverpool where Firmino was was dummying a little bit and then you had Salah charging on one side Mane on the other um, the creativity the the fight in the guy the speed another you know big game player who was there in both Champions yeah. League finals um, I think Sadio Mane it is a shame I think that he made the move he did last summer uh, to to go to Saudi I'm sure he has his his reasons for it whatever but I think there were so many teams in Europe that could have still used him um, I'm not like yes he he was on the downswing it seemed a bit last year uh, especially compared to Salah but I think Sadio Mane let's say from 2018 until 2022 those four years one of the best players in the world and in the meantime he won an AFCON with Senegal two years ago yeah you know I know we're we don't want to spend too much time on each player but was he a system player because he goes to Bayern doesn't have a good time he and he was still you know three months out of being elite at Liverpool before he leaves so it's not like over this one summer he he falls off but was he a system player where he was just he had the understanding the knowledge and the right teammates around him the system to be able to perform at such an incredibly high level yeah I think there's something there and there's something also there where I don't think he's a player that's meant to be the guy and I think what they got wrong 
at at uh, at Bayern that summer when they made the move for him was the same one where they got rid of Lewa and basically they asked him to take charge of that whole front line to play a role that that Harry Kane is playing now and that's not him right um yeah. and and I also I also don't think he wants that spotlight and everything I don't think you know there were stories coming out about the language etc but he had been at Salzburg and this type of stuff I don't think that was an issue I think the issue was he's not the guy you build your front line around I think he's the guy that is the great teammate um it's the discussion we always had around uh, Messi you build your team around whereas Ronaldinho was the great teammate that was feeding the balls but didn't couldn't be necessarily relied on so yeah um, Sadio Mane nonetheless in my team because I have Robert Lewandowski up there and I have Ilkay Gundogan as an early contender to be my captain yeah well you have some good firepower there but I'm gonna counterbalance that with Matt Summers. As my, took second, all the defenders. Oh, no. as my second center back. It's all about the tactics. So much like Van Dyke, he has a lot of similar attributes, but what I think he has maybe an edge on peak Van Dyke is the passing range. Mm. You know, Van Dyke's a good passer, but Matt Hummel's, I mean, some of those passes, if you just type in like highlights, just go watch them. He's able to play a through ball on the ground from his 18 and get it out to the winger bypassing six players and there goes you know instead of building up he's broken all of that and you know the wings out on another counterattack right there so just pairing that together and he's you know he's won it all right um just yeah. pairing that together with Van Dyke it feels a little unfair but that's why we have the draft. So Matt Sommels. Matt Sommels, great pick. And he was he had been Bayern youth to Dortmund, then to Bayern senior, back to Dortmund now. You, you hear a lot of stories about him being um, very outspoken in locker rooms, a tough guy to deal with, a guy that will show up to press conferences with a novel under his arm. Um, so n- not your prototypical football player, but I think, you know, a great guy that's been there and he's he's won everywhere he's been, including that World Cup with the German national team. So great pick. Wish I had him in my team. Um, now, my fourth player, Roy. Well, I'm not going to be in a rush to pick center backs anymore because you don't need them. So that probably I can start playing a bit more strategically here. Um, someone that I think the media has turned into a victim of his own success in terms of how he has... Uh, revolutionized I believe a position I don't think he gets enough credit for that although there was of course a lot of hype early on in his career Um, now he's kind of reinventing himself but I'm going to take it right back I'm going to take Trent Alexander-Arnold Ooh, that's a good pick good pick well he gets to he gets to he gets to fill into your your midfield role as well Exactly. From That's right uh, versatility. Exactly, and he can he can help me clog that uh, that midfield, um, and yeah. So that's Trent. I'm curious to see what happens the rest of the season with Trent, and what he could or could not do at this coming Euros for England, because I don't think you can make the argument that he shouldn't be the starting right back of that squad. Uh, but I, there's a lot of uh, I'm not sure what how the coverage is in EPL for for you in Denmark, but a lot of the commentators, you know, they like to start out with like, is he good enough to start right back? He's defensively a liability, um, which you can say whatever you want about that. But all I know is some of those passes he can make from right back just changes the game within three seconds instead of, you know, yeah. And cro- James doing his eighth overlap of the first half. Exactly. So. Crossing in from the half space, all of these things. Um, and let's face it, we don't remember Cafu and Roberto Carlos because of their defensive yeah. abilities. So why is that part of the discourse now in a game that's so much more offensive? I honestly don't get it, and that's why Trent yeah. is in my team. Good pick, good pick. All right, I'm going with now the second midfielder. Playing okay. on the left, on the left side. So mm-hmm. I'm going with. I tried tricking you by not including him in the the list of players we had. <laughs> Nuri Sahin. 
uh, <laughs> of course you do at the time at Dortmund. And again, maybe a, a sleeper pick, but if you're comparing midfielders based on just technical ability in the system as well, who again, might be a system player. Do you remember he, he had his stint, I think at Madrid, um, big money move didn't work out. And then I believe alone for a year with Liverpool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, he had, you know, a lot of injuries. Didn't work out. I think he came injured, and um, still, for some Liverpool fans, was a was a cult favorite that year on loan. But his time at Dortmund was, you know, just phenomenal. Do I don't know. I, I think if he had the engine that a let's say a Henderson had, he has a completely different perception in the in the Dortmund team and then across Europe. So I'm going Nuri Sahin. And for for listeners who are not familiar, just go watch some some highlights. The passing range is also just lovely. A romantic pick. A romantic pick by Roy Cycli, who who is very fond of those two. I need more technical titles. players. They can make mistakes because you're not getting by my center backs. So yeah. all I'm gonna say is your two midfielders at the moment are Nuri Sahin and Marco Royce. That's all I'm going to say at the moment. Yeah. I, I, wait, okay. I, I, pick your next midfielder then. I'm, I'm tossing it over to you. Um, yeah, I do think it's going to be a midfielder. Um, there is so many options when you start talking technical midfielders here. It's crazy. Um, but I'm going to pick one that actually joined Klopp not necessarily in the prime of his career but still did the job and is doing it at an incredible level I know now he's not getting so much the minutes but I think the guy silently it's kind of like when you have when you used to have Kobe dropping a silent 35 nobody would talk about it this guy silently did the job for 10 years between Spain the Bundesliga and the Premier League Thiago Alcantara oh Always liked him so much um, as a player, uh, and I want him in this team next to Ilkay Gundogan in that midfield. That's a that's a good pick. He, in the recent history, has not played for Liverpool often. Exactly. So, you know, I I didn't overpass him, but that's a good pick. He'll yeah. last you a good ten minutes. <laughs> it's not him now. It's him two years ago. <laughs> No, no, no. It's now. Okay, I'm going up top. I'm going with Bobby Chompers. Roberto Firmino. (laughs) Bobby Okay, so Firmino is your nine. He's my nine. You know, I'm looking at this list right now, and he's played, I think, the most games for a club. Out of all the teams, you know, he played 355 games for him so that tells you about his trust he had in Bobby Choppers and you know he can score a goal he has the flair up top as well which I always like yeah um so he's gonna be he's gonna be up there next to Salah and I think he became it was almost gratuitous to say Bobby Firmino was underrated all these years right because all the talk was about Salah about Mane and stuff but I think without Firmino throughout that entire club tenure, you have a very different Liverpool. Well, yeah, he was he, perfect for yeah. the system. He's able to drop down as like I don't want to say false nine, but he 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 draws down so deep. He allows that space behind him. He allows you know Mane Salah to run in there, and he's able to flick it, play it back, do whatever he needs to. So a lot of what he does doesn't go on the score sheet. That being said, you know. 111 goals, 79 assists is nothing to, to balk at, but um, it's one of those things where the media always has to portray like, oh, he's not scoring every game, like he's not great. It's he's you know he's being uh, carried by the wingers, which I don't think is the case at all. I think it's part of the the system. You need that guy that can hold the ball, play the channels as well, but also can act as a almost like an attacking mid when he goes he drops so deep he's able to make a pass. So yeah. He's a, he's a great player. And that's something the great managers like Klopp understand that it's not just because you're a number nine. It's doesn't yeah. it's not all about the goals. It's Well that's rich I, coming from you. You pick Lewandowski. 
Lewandowski. No, I've been, but in, in that, I've been inspired by the recent AFCON, and I know then they lost in the final, the Flying Eagles of, of Nigeria, but the fact that Ozyman made it all the way to the final, having only scored one goal in the tournament, but they're like, okay, what is the, what has he been doing, though, for the team yeah. in terms of work rate, in terms of creating the opportunities? He was just as important as if he had scored every game, right? So I think that's very much what you get with uh, with Bobby Firmino. Um, I will make my sixth pick now, and then we can sum up where we are uh, at the halfway point for all the listeners. Okay, Roy, this is tough. Um I know we both still have the goalkeeper slot open. Um, I think I'm fine ha- not having Allison there necessarily, so I'll probably hold off on goalkeeper. Um, there is a lot to choose from in the midfield. Um, I'm missing a right winger still. Uh, by the way, surprised that as your number nine, you didn't pick your man, Chiro Immobile. Oh, or Aubameyang. I think he had a year. Yeah, Aubameyang. Definitely. Before he went to uh, to Arsenal. Um, no, forget about it. I'm going to go left back. I'm not going to go for our favorite Scotman. Damn I, you. I'm going to go for Ivan Perisic. Oh, you didn't get who I wanted. Perfect. I, but, I, I take back my... How about that, though? Out of left field, Ivan Perisic. Wow. All right. Did your wife put you up to that? The Tottenham at her time at Tottenham? His time at Tottenham? Well, it would be more the, the Pettisic of his time at Tottenham for, for the for the left back role. But I think, again, when we always say, I say this every time, I'm a broken record. Croatia, team of ultra marathoners. It's perfect for the club yeah. identity. So, um, so you're, you're putting him in at left back? I'm putting him at left back. Uh, I know okay. he can do it. So let's sum up the teams at the moment. You have two center backs, Virgil and Mats Hummels, two midfielders, Nuri Sahin and Marco Royce. Up front for now, you have Bobby Chompers, as you called him, Firmino, next to Mo Salah. I have at right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. At left back, Ivan Perisic. In the midfield, Ilkay Gundogan, Thiago Alcantara, and then up front for now, Sadio Mane and Robert Lewandowski. Hmm. Oh, I think your defense trumps mine. My midfield is better than yours. And up front, it's evens at the moment. I mean, it's close. I think your offense might be a, a tad better. I'm not... I'm not sure. Um, it, it'll all come down to these next five players. Yeah, next five players. And, you know, I think my next pick is going to be... I was shocked when you said you don't care about goalies. I'm going with Allison. He changes the way the team can play Yeah, dramatically. So I'm going with Allison. And, you know, I think everyone knows there's a... For maybe the last... Three, I think you go probably like last five years. Was he top top three goalie in the world? Yeah, and right behind him potentially is Brazil's backup, who poor guy was born in the wrong year because he's never going to yeah. see the light of day in the national team. Yeah, I mean, Allison's able to again play as like another outfield player, gives you another outlet. So what almost equivalent to the passing range that. You know, Matt Summers has, you don't expect it from a goalie, but as well, he's just a very solid commanding presence between the sticks. So, going with Allison. Alison Becker do Brasil. All right, solid pick. I'm going to round out my front line at right Uh-oh. wing. I don't think a lot of people remember he played for Klopp. You know him very well, so I want to get your thoughts on him. I've seen him a lot in the past couple seasons. He's been really a thorn in my side. Um, still doing it at a very ripe old age. Henrik Mikitarian. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to do that, but I thought you were going to put him in like a midfield position. But No, I really take player. that Dortmund player. Um, do you remember how good he was at Dortmund? Yeah, I remember. My, my roommate 
Do you remember Dan O'Hara would sure. always say he was like the best player in the world? He would always show me clips of this guy. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like peak 2013. He's like, you got to watch. Look, you, what foot is he? Tell me right now. And I'll be like studying for a test. He's showing me a clip of him hitting a left foot rocket from 20 yards out. I'm like, he's a lefty. He's like, he's both. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mikitarian, uh, I would have never said he'd still be doing the job. Like, I mean, he was one of the main reasons Inter reached that Champions League final last year, alongside another ripe old man and Edin Dzeko. Um, but yeah, I want him in yeah. my team and a workhorse. I agree. That's a yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. So your your front three is now complete. Yes, I have. Uh, Mikitarian and Manehe shouldering Robert Lewandowski. I'm happy with so that. So I still need a I still need a left wing, right? Yeah, you do. All right. Well, I'm going with the, my third midfielder, and it's a more recent pick. He's only had one year under Klopp, but okay. I I think his career is going to be phenomenal. Dominic Sabaslai for for Liverpool. And uh, is it? Your dad called me a few weeks ago. He said, you got to watch out this prospect yeah, from Hungary. Yeah, yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, listen, Big Watts is always right when he, he has the he has the gem, the scouting gem in his eye. So if he says a player is good, they've got to be good. So so is he uh, holding? They're both, uh, him and Sahin are, you know, they're both playing the a little more attack-minded. So I think Sahin's going to be holding, quote, okay. unquote. But, double uh, pivot. Double pivot, Royce in front of him. All right, all right, fair. Um, you do you do have the option versatility wise. Don't forget to push a young Marco Royce up to your front Left three wing. and then get a new midfielder. What are you trying to? My, I like my midfield. I think all the right. listeners are going to like it too. Get out of here. You worry on your own team. I'm already starting the electoral campaign here to like yeah, get like, on the credibility. He's, he's, he's like my team's not good enough. I need to also coach Royce. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so, well, I don't need to put the keeper now. I don't need to put the center backs. I think my last non-forced pick here is going to be my last midfielder. At the moment, I have Gundogan and Thiago. Uh, Gundogan, you could have as a holding. You could have as a more technical advanced. Uh, Thiago's definitely in there. There's so many. I could have Gini Wijnaldum. I liked him. I could have Nabi Keita, I could have Fabinho, I could have Sven Bender. But Roy, it might surprise you. And I think he might have been captain of Dortmund at one point. He's now their sporting director, holding midfielder, a bit old school, passing with the flat foot all the time, Sebastian Kell. Oh, I am actually very surprised. I wouldn't even made my top 10. A glue player, and we a need that in a Klopp player. team. I mean, Klopp, this is a guy that played Jordan Henderson for eight seasons. I mean, yeah, but Henderson's shouts per match is off the chart. <laughs> off the chart. He provides nothing, just shouting at everybody. <laughs> no, but uh, Sebastian Kell, um, I want him there. I want him in my Klopp team. He was a big part of those uh, of that success in the early 2010s. Um, and, yeah. Not not much more to say about Sebastian Kell. All right. Well, I'm going with my left wing, Mario Götze. So mm. he he started there actually with with Dortmund, um, and I guess where you're saying interchangeable between Royce, there it is right there. True. Who, they can they can switch in between positions there if needed. So great player. You know, obviously he had 2014. He'll be remembered forever. But right, the and I think he 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 actually went the same thing. Bayern back to Dortmund. I think he also had a you know medical condition where he kind of fell off a little bit. Um, tried playing at PSV. I'm not sure where he's at now. But there were a few years where you know everyone thought he was going to be the player of the generation. But again, I think it's. We keep on repeating this. Injuries in the way um, or, or sicknesses kind of really can change the game and the outcome for a player, but he was pretty phenomenal in the club. 
And one of the first examples of those uh, massive release clauses actually being paid when Bayern snatched him from, from Dortmund and then he wasn't able to play the Champions League final against Bayern uh, due to an apparent Yeah, injury. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mario Goetze, I mean, like you said, will never pay for a drink in Germany the rest of his life. Uh, Yugi Lov puts him in at extra time, tells him, show the world you're better than Messi. In that moment, he does just that, but the rest of his career, ah, almost a bit sad. Yeah. But a good yeah. pick. I mean, um, a lot of respect given to Dortmund here. I think it's uh, people would have expected a Liverpool-centric discussion, but there is a lot of Dortmund here. He gave a lot of, I don't want to say club produced or gave, but a lot of those careers put them on the map a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, so look, um, I need <laughs> I need two center backs and a goalkeeper. I know who my goalkeeper is going to be. Center back, very difficult because we have some tier B go, talent here. Go pick two, because I already picked my center backs. Go and pick two center backs if you have them, because I know we're short on time now. All right, I'll pick two center backs. Um, pick Socrates. Don't. Socrates, by the way, uh, Italian champion in 2011, despite not playing a minute uh, for, for Milan. <laughs> um, or maybe he had already been loaned out to Genoa. I don't remember. Uh, okay, so here's like what I have to choose from, listeners. Stefan Lovren, Konate, recency bias, Martin Skirtle, who played 18 matches under Klopp. Momo Sako, who also didn't play much under Klopp. Socrates Paspapotolopus. Um, I'm going to pick Dejan Lovren because I loved his work uh, also with uh, Croatia. And you know I am very partial yeah, to the Croatians. Um, the Croatians. Stefan Lovren, though, he, I mean, he was there also for, for that Champions League uh, victory, right? Yeah. Uh, the end of that cycle. Um, Best friends with Salah. Yeah, very dependable. Um, I don't think I can justify Colo Ture as a Jurgen Klopp player, to be honest. I think he must have been there five minutes under Klopp. Um, I am shocked that you're not picking the obvious choice right now. Konate? Another Dortmund player. What am I missing? Neven, Neven Subotic. But wasn't he... Um... He was not only Dortmund, he was at Mainz with Klopp as well. As a two-club player. Was he a centre-back, Neven? He's a centre-back. Neven Subotic? You know what? All right. Bye-bye, Socrates. Bye-bye, Martin Skirtle. He is better than all those players you mentioned. Better than Colo in his prime? Okay, but we can't pick Colo in his prime. It just doesn't make yeah, sense. Come on, all right. Come on. Ne- Nevin Subotic is my other center back. Uh, well, let's hope he for had the nine best. seasons with Klopp, total. From Mainz. So I also got my Mainz quota in. I'm happy about that. Well, I got your Mainz quota. You in. got my Mainz quota in for me. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Roy, you have right back and left back, and I have a goalkeeper. So. Let's right. round them I'm, up. I'm going left back, Andrew Robertson. I yeah. wanted to go Marcel Smeltzer, but just based on the pure stats, it seems that and, and you know Robertson is a better, better player yeah. than Smeltzer, just on the assist front, on the almost the same amount of games. And then right back, I'm going with oh, what's his name, Joe Gomez. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not doing that. Uh, Gross I'm going Lucas Lucas Piszczek. Ooh, okay. Not okay. kind of a more no nonsense player. Yeah. I may have gone with uh, Grosskreutz over him, but I think that was just the passing of the torch between those two. Okay. I wish I had room for Jacob Blechkowski on my team. We forgot Kuba. We forgot Kuba. Um, I'm going to pick my goalkeeper. Um, we're going to do some honorable mentions and then we'll read out the lineups. Um, my right. goalkeeper is obviously Roy. Um, something that Alison Becker doesn't have, Roy. World Cup champion, two-time Bundesliga winner, two-time DFB Pokal winner. 
Roman Weidenfeller. Ooh. Well, Good I didn't player. have much of a choice, did I? Yeah, yeah, much of a choice. You could have picked uh, <laughs> Carius, but, you know. Yeah, well, Big Loris, uh, who's uh, who's at Newcastle at the moment. So, so, yeah. We didn't have a few honorable mention players. There was no, no uh, Jordan Henderson. Right. No, okay, who else did we miss? No Milner, no Wijnaldum. No Wijnaldum. That's a big no, one, actually. No Fabinho. No Fabinho, no Nabi Keita, no Sven Bender. Um, Dark Horse, who at some point was there in a transition. No Kevin Prince Boateng. Um, no Felipe Coutinho. No Felipe Coutinho. While we're on that track, no Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz, or Cody Hector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emery Chan. Emre Chan, ooh, who is now back at Dortmund, right? He's back. Shinji Kagawa. He was he was lights out for a couple of years till he went to United. Three years, thirty five goals. Yeah, well, and then of course we missed out on Pierre Emerick, Obama Yang. Yeah. Daniel Sturridge, who Klopp refers to as one of the most talented players he's ever managed, another one unlucky with injuries. He had that one season with Klopp that was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And the strikers, I mean, Ciro Immobile, Dominic Solanke, and do you remember a player in Germany in those years? Klopp coached him at Mainz, Mohamed Zidane. No. I think he was Egyptian, and he spelled Zidane without the final E, and uh, just a cult cult hero uh, with, the, with the lads over in Mainz. Man, they had a lot of hit a lot of good midfielders as well. I'm looking right now, Lucas Leva. Yeah, that's true. Probably towards the end, uh, towards the beginning of Klopp's tenure there. Yeah, beginning of Klopp's time there. Jordan Shakiri. Just wow. some good players. Yeah, I mean, he's had uh, he's also had to make choices, right? And 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 take gambles, and uh, I think he's made a lot of the right ones. Oh, bro, we forgot the num the best number nine. I can't believe we forgot him. Christian Benteke. When was... Oh, yeah, big, at Liverpool. Big, big Ben. Big Ben Benteke. Well, All right. ooh, in those years, you would have bet on him over Lukaku at the time, but oh, well. Um, okay, Roy, <laughs> you need to give me one choice for captain. Ooh, Virgil van Dijk. Easy, right? Easy. Who's your captain? Um, you know, it's got to be my first, my first pick, Ilkay, definitely. Yeah. I, really, right, I I'm excited to see what the listeners think. Personally, my team's a lot better, but you know. Well, we'll see. Let, I will read them out for the listeners one last time here. Roy, your team with Ingol, Alison Becker do Brasil at right back, Lucas Pichek. In the middle, centre-backs, the captain, Virgil van Dijk, next to Mats Hummels at left-back, Andy Robertson of Scotland. In the midfield, holding, at times, Nuri Sahin next to Dominic Sboslai and Marco Royce. Up front, the left-wing, Mario Goetze, right-wing, Mo Salah, all in service of Bobby Chompers, Firmino. Playing against them with in goal World Cup champion Roman Weidenfeller. At right back, Trent Alexander Arnold. At center back, the great Croatian Dejan Lover. Next to another Croatian. Was it? Is it? Nevin Subotic. And another one at left back, Ivan Perisic. Holding midfielder, current sporting director of Borussia Dortmund, Sebastian Kell, next to the captain, Ilkay Gundogan, and one of the most technical players of the last 15 years, Thiago Alcantara, at left wing, Sadio Mane, at right wing, Henrik Benjamin Button, Mikitarian, <laughs> in service of the one, the only, Robert Lewandowski. Oh man, that was beautiful. What? Two squads. Honestly, like 
I'd I'd pay a ticket to watch that. I mean, I I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking it'll be like a five-five ending. Yeah, game. I was gonna go yeah. for an aesthetically pleasing three-one for my guys. No chance. <laughs> we'll no draw chance. those up and have the draw, listeners yeah, vote. We'll draw it up. We'll put it into the simulator. See what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Roy Cycli. Thanks for your time in honor of the great Jurgen Klopp. Any parting shots for our listeners? Uh, no parting shots. Nothing. I'm, I'm not saying anything cynical. I'm staying upbeat. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Klopp. Oh. Well, listeners, that was Husman FC and LFP production. I'm Nicola Volpi. He's Roy Cycli. Thanks for joining and thanks for indulging Roy's constant unrelenting cynicism certified hater there you go don't listeners <laughs>